we're here about teaching theater skills to students and we're here about helping students find themselves in the world. And what better way than to model how to communicate your intentions, how to communicate and be a member of a, of a diverse community, and how to begin to open these dialogues. That's what theater's all about. How are we doing today, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the stage, the official performing arts podcast of the NFHS. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today our guest is Corey Wilkerson, Education Director at the Education Theater Association, or EDTA for short. Corey has a passion for theater education and continues to provide resources for theater teachers across the nation. Uh, Corey, I've really been looking forward to this. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Ken. I've been looking forward to this, too. As we kick it off today, we start each episode by getting getting to know our guests a little bit better uh, by asking this great question. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up, and how did you get to where you are now? Well, you'll see there is a through line in my life, because as a child, a very small child, I decided I just wanted to be a performer. So I would create commercials and perform them in front of the bathroom mirror and, you know, entertain myself that way. It, it kind of was always something I wanted to do. And then when I was in middle school, um, the high school brought down... A theater, a musical in the fall came and they performed on our middle school stage and I was hooked. I, I thought, this is it. You know, this is where I'm going and what I'm going to do. And I couldn't wait to get to high school and join. And it really saved me. It really turned my life around. You know, I was a shy kid. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have any focus. And I joined theater and I found my family and my community and a place to really shine. So... That was kind of my pathway, and here I am. <laughs> That's so cool. And now that you work for uh, EDTA, you, do you find that you still have that community with uh, the theater community? I do. Um, now my theater community has broadened to include all the yeah. teachers that I serve. And I love, um, me, that's my favorite thing to do, is talk to teachers and hear their experiences in the classroom and on the stages. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to touch on that a little bit, what what you know, your communication with teachers uh, and the things that you do do with education. I, I was very influenced, at, um, and I, I want to give a shout out to my own um, teacher, Paul Martin. I just, when I saw him in action and he let me student direct a show when I was a senior, and I thought, this is what I want to do. Mm. So shout out to theater teachers everywhere, but especially to mine. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so cool. That's such a cool opportunity. As the education director at EDTA, what is your mission? Why have you spent years helping teachers and guiding the next generation of theater lovers, I guess you could say? Oh, that's such a great question. My mission is pretty clear, and it's really in line with EDTA's mission. My mission is to support theater teachers. I want to be there for them with the materials they need, the resources they need, the information they need and the programming they need to make their lives easier in the classroom. Mm. I guess a follow-up question to that is how practically do you do this? What are some tangible ways that the EDTA does? So when my position was created um, about four years ago, the, the initial goal was in response to a survey we did 
to the field and to our members. And we asked them, what did they want? And they said, well, we want a source of professional learning. And so what we did is um, the position was, was advertised. I applied and got the position. And my big focus in my first year was building our learning center. And our learning center is the way that we deliver most of our programming for our educators. Um, it offers curriculum. We have a lesson plan bank. We have curriculum they can download and use right away. Curriculum maps, um, guidance in terms of professional webinars. We have a library of about 100 webinars all about how to teach and focused on, on issues of today, on issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, on issues of how, you know, how to, when the pandemic hit, how do I, I teach performance online? You know, what do I do? So it's been very uh, timely resources and it's, it's growing every day and, and every month as we add more um, through our curriculum projects. Yeah, over the past couple of years, uh, I know that those, those courses have been so helpful for a lot of people because, I mean, it obviously was the first pandemic in a century, essentially, and pretty much no one knew how to, how to navigate that. And uh, we, we thank NFHS as well for your, you hopped on there with, with the um, studies that you did and the materials you provided and the guidance you provided. So we would point people in your direction as well. I think both of us were first out of the gate with resources for our teachers. I, I love that you brought up uh, the survey that kind of essentially created the the job that you have now. How do you utilize educators like that across the nation for your work when it comes to initiatives, feedback, and stuff like that? Another great question. So I'm really all about transparency and teacher voice. And I want very much to listen to what our members need and what our members are telling me. I am no longer in the classroom. I don't know what their lives are and life has changed dramatically. When I first started, um, my then executive director, Julie Theobald, it suggested in my first onboarding interview, maybe I would want to pull together a, a steering committee of teachers form an education committee. And it was a brilliant idea. So what I did is I went to every department at EDTA and I asked them for the list of the teachers that most frequently you know, interfaced with them and wanted to be involved. And then I contacted many of them. I did kind of focus group telephone calls and asked, would they be interested? What, what might that look like? And then I just sent out kind of an all-call email saying, who'd like to do this? We're looking for this kind of representation. And so we have this really robust education steering committee that guides my work. It is all volunteer. There are um, There is a member representing each of six regions across the country, so geographically diverse. There is a member from the professional community as a teaching artist to bring the teaching artist voice. There's a member from higher education to bring that voice into the room and a member from technical theater to make sure that we focus on the unique needs of tech directors and technical theater educators. And then a member from our international um, uh, troops so that we hear their voices too and their needs. And this committee meets quarterly and they, as I said, advise my work. They tell me what's going on in their region. They comment on the initiatives that I'm setting up and help me prepare my budget. And then they also adjudicate all of our requests for proposals that go out to determine what will be in our workshops that we offer at our two conference events. Wow. That, that is a lot. That is a lot. How do you, how do you navigate that throughout the year? Because I'm sure it's 
kind of cyclical because I'm sure you do the committees and things every year. What has been the best practices for you in navigating all of those pieces? I I depend heavily on a calendar and I plan. (laughs) I plan a lot. Um, And I tie my plan to EDTA's mission. So I make sure that each initiative that we start in education links directly to our strategic plan and our mission and our, our goal of serving our members. Um, I, in addition to the steering committee, I also do a curriculum project every year, which engages between 20 and 25 additional teachers in trying to build capacity and build teacher leadership. And those teachers um, both come to me, we do professional development together, they build curriculum or units of instruction that can build the content to share with all of our teachers, and they come away with this practical experience and, and really rich professional development. And, and we also yeah. offer a, a small stipend for them because we want to honor teacher, teacher work and teacher voice. Right. So there's a couple of avenues to really get the teacher voice in the room and make sure our initiatives and our work follows along the lines of what they need. Now that you're seeing a return to activity after the past couple of years, it's been kind of up and down. What changes are you seeing in theater? Is there like a good, a bad, a, a drastic change that you see? Sure. Well, I can speak, of course, to educational theater. Um, I know the dynamics are slightly different in our professional um, theater performance venues. Um, as you can imagine, we, during lockdown, it was a a very difficult time for everybody and we had to make some changes. Mm. We're really glad to see, and and, uh, student engagement went down. So we're really glad to see that student engagement going back up. And we can tell this because our student membership has increased dramatically. Um, We're structured here here at EDTA because we're also the home of the International Thespian Society. We're structured to have kind of two kinds of memberships. We have teacher members and then we have student memberships. And those student memberships are climbing. We're seeing increased numbers and, and way back, you know, back to pre-pandemic numbers and beyond. And so that's a really exciting, to me, indicator of the health of educational theater. I I love that you brought up uh, the the Thespian Society, because obviously the EDTA does uh, this huge festival called called the Thespi Awards. Can you you tell me more about that and tell the listeners more about that and what, what benefits it gives to students that participate? I can. So I'm very excited about our International Thespian Festival and our honor honorary awards for students we call affectionately called the Thespies. So the Thespies are an educational or an academic competition. They began in the 1920s when in fact it's why EDTA got started. Uh, that back then we were the National Thespian Society. And it was because a group of really dedicated theater teachers wanted to find a way to honor the hard work, determination, and the character building that theater education gives to students. And they began the society patterned after a college honorary theater society. And it started, um, I think it started with one or two and then grew to five until today we have thousands of troops across the nation and internationally. Big following in China and Canada. So we're really proud of that. Um, The whole goal is because it is, as I said, an academic competition. So the whole goal is to help um, students grow. So it's educational. We align our thespies with the national theater standards so that we can point to, and any teacher at any time can point directly to where the learning is happening. What are the learning goals for this kind of an event? 
Mm. But it is also competition. Yeah. And so the students, we are aligned, um, all of our troops are gathered into chapters, which are state level organizations and affiliates of EDTA. And the chapters hold qualifying events in which students um, bring monologues, they bring um, small scenes, they bring musical theater performances, musical theater dance, they bring technical theater presentations, designs and construction. And all of those are adjudicated using guidelines put out by EDTA for our affiliates and uh, rubrics that are aligned to the standards that I talked to you about and clearly aligned to learning goals. The rubrics were created by teams of educators, theater teachers who know, you know what's happening in the classroom and they're maintained and updated and, um, and constantly reviewed by a committee of volunteer, a volunteer committee of teachers from across our regions. So it's a really robust situation. Once a student has qualified at that state level, as at the superior level, then they can go on to the International Thespian Festival and compete. And um, we, we do the same thing on a, a bigger level, and there they can earn awards. How did it get started internationally? Because I, you just mentioned China and uh, other countries. How, how did that happen? I was not a part of that. Our membership department handled that. I, I believe it really is just people expressing interest you know, that we would hear from people from other countries expressing interest. And we had we have a very robust um, membership department that follows up and works really hard to help theater teachers and to make it clear the benefits of of this competition, how your students can grow educationally, how they can grow in poise and confidence and grow in character. And I think they just did a good job. We have a wonderful um, organization and a wonderful honorary society. And it sells itself. I, I, you mentioned the the rubric and you know the qualifications that that must take place in order for students to participate. But for for all the teachers and maybe parents out there that are listening to this, how what's a what way can they get involved with the Thespi Awards? First, I would suggest you go to our website at www.schooltheater.org. And it is spelled the British way, T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org. And there you can click on um, events and you'll see Thespies. So click on Thespies and that's the place it gives you an email address to write if you need information. If you want to know how um, what the affiliate is in your state and you'd like to connect that way, and see if maybe your student um, has a theater teacher already connected, then you can, can click on um, the portion of our website that talks about the troops, and it will give you an interactive map, and you can find your local state affiliate. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that seems pretty easy to get involved, and it seems like a great, great opportunity for a lot of students. But at the, the 2022 Performing Arts Conference, you, act, you gave it an excellent presentation. Uh, I don't think I ever told you on community standards and what that looks like in the theater slash education setting. You, you brought up these common themes that come to light in the theater setting. Those, those being like how we can protect our programs, honor students' choice, and preserve our jobs, teachers' jobs, that's a, that's a very big, important uh, thing for a lot of teachers. Can, can you flush that out a bit and explain to the listeners today how they can do each of these things? Obviously, don't go through your whole presentation because it was, it was like a 30-minute presentation, but just give some key points on uh, what you talked about. So uh, what is 
first I want to kind of talk about a community guideline. So community guideline is exactly what it says. It is setting a standard or setting, coming to an agreement on how we can all live together as a community in healthy discourse. Um, very important to think about, especially today when sometimes it's difficult to form community where you may be teaching or where you may be living, where communities are sometimes divided. So what do we do as educators in this high stakes environment? And what do we do, especially with theater, which tends to be about stories from all kinds of diverse sources? And how do we honor student voice? So I, I think I can distill it down to a couple of pieces of advice. Um, first of all, recognize that what works in your community may not work outside of your community. So when you're bringing student work to state or regional events, be aware and think about that and plan accordingly. This is a wonderful time to honor student choice. And I'm so happy to hear that bubbling up in education that we want to honor student choice and student voice. But we also can teach students about when you what to do when you have to think about the audience you're preparing your presentation for. So it's really a great opportunity to point out for for kids how a theater plans its season and how a theater thinks about educating its community, but also thinking about the community standards. It's a great um, teaching and learning moment. If you're planning a state or regional event, then you want to be aware of the permissions that you need. It would be um, important to make sure that the student comes or that the troop or the students that are coming to perform have already made it clear to their administrator what their material is, that their administrator agrees, their parents are aware, their community is aware. Um, offer ratings. If you're holding student showcases, bringing together communities from diverse areas that may have different community standards, put a little, put together a program and offer ratings so that um, teachers and students from other communities know what they're going to see and put breaks in between your presentations so that if in a particular community, their community would be um, would not want students to attend a particular performance, they can quite easily go to the exhibitor hall or, you know, or take a restroom mm -hmm. break. Um, finally, I think be prepared for some difficult conversations. If we truly want to honor unique community standards and honor student voice, then we have to be prepared to have conversations and be ready if someone in one community's um, standards doesn't fit what's happening in, in another community. So be prepared and practice and be ready for those. Mm. Wow. I, I have so many questions coming going off of that, but I think the, the biggest one that I can think of is how can teachers and directors uh, emphasize to their attendees and their, their participants, how can they emphasize to really make it inclusive for all communities and all people that are in within your community? I think it comes down to communication. Mm. So really communication during the planning period, communication as you promote your event, communication as you hold your event, communication after your event. Um, making certain that folks are aware of what they're signing up for. Again, um, placing the focus squarely on student performance. We're here about teaching theater skills to students, and we're here about helping students find themselves in the world. And what better way than to model how to communicate your intentions, how to communicate and be a member of a, of a diverse community, and how to begin to open these dialogues. That's what theater is all about.
Mm, that's so well said. But Corey, as we do start to wrap up today, I had one final question that I think it's pretty important. What was your favorite activity in high school and how formative was that for you now? Well, this is a no-brainer for me. My favorite activity, <laughs> bar none, was theater and, and absolutely formative. I found myself, I found my voice, I found my avocation, and I found my vocation in theater and education. Yeah, that's that's so great, Corey. Well, I, I really do appreciate you coming on today. As I, as I recap for those listening, I think the main points that we really emphasized were, first of all, go check out EDTA's Learning Center. I, I, it's a very great resource uh, for all theater teachers, theater directors, whatever you may be involved in. Another one is that student engagement is back up and it's getting back up and it's very it should be very encouraging for a lot of teachers. Uh, and then the last one is just rely on your calendar. <laughs> I think uh, that's, that's very important and uh, just always remember to stick to your plans, have a plan and communicate with each other. But Corey, are there any last thoughts before we wrap it up today? Oh, I'm I don't have any last thoughts other than thank you to NFHS for the work that you do. And thank you, theater educators. Um, you, you, I am in awe of you. I'm so excited when I get to work with you and I'm so um, happy to help support the really important work that you do in the world. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. For all the listeners out there, please remember to leave a rating and review on the podcast and share it with someone that you think would be impacted by it. Sharing this episode with one teacher, one coach, one administrator will go a long way, not only for us, but it could go a long way for them too. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to catch you next time on the stage.